a local girl made good. Please put your hands together for your own Sonia Renee. has sweaty knees. <laughs> if you were a little black girl, it is likely that you knew your mama had sweaty knees too. And we knew this because for nearly a decade, we sat between our mama's sweaty knees to have any myriad of atrocities committed to our scalps. <laughs> my mama braided, ponytailed, pulled my hair every single day of the week. And every six weeks, I got a relaxer. <laughs> I can assure you there is nothing relaxing about having eight-year-old black girl hair. <laughs> Actually, I was pretty certain there was nothing that could be worse. See, first there were the commercials, the ones with people who never had faces or hair like mine. And then there was my mother's sheer disdain and short-temperedness every time I sat between her sweaty knees to have my hair pulled, brushed, and snatched back. My mother, five foot, four inches on a good day, had the hands of Hercules. I swear she could rip the steel beams from beneath the very flesh of the Empire State Building, but instead, she used those hands to braid my hair. <laughs> and if I squirmed in the seat while she did it, Stop all that moving around. And if I reached to touch my hair, bop, get your fingers out your head. And if I cried, crack, shut it up, child. Stop all that moving around before I pop you in the head with this brush. I know it sounds awfully abusive. <laughs> it was. <laughs> but the truth is, my mother just wanted her daughter to be beautiful. And when she finished, my hair was a work of art. I was an African princess, a black goddess, queen of the pretty girls everywhere until I went to school. See, the first thing to die under the heavy weight of my mother's palms were my hair follicles. <laughs> my mother pulled my hair so tightly that by third grade, I had permanent bald spots on the side of my head. Now, not only did I have short hair, but in some places, it was non-existent. And every day I got on the school bus to headed to Wool Slayer Elementary School to be reminded of how far from beautiful I truly was. See, there was Tanya Twyman, awful name. Tanya, four years older than me and mean as they made them, I swear she breathed to make my life sad. <laughs> and she always started the school bus ride with a chant that was very quiet at first. Sonia, 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 Sonia bald spots. And the whole bus would join in. Sonia, Sonia bald spots. While I sat in the front 
and wept closest to the bus driver. They became the soundtrack of my most visceral insecurities, the music of my adolescence. My first date, Sonia, Sonia Ball Spots. The first time I kissed a boy, Sonia, Sonia Ball Spots. The first time I fell in love, Sonia, Sonia Ball Spots. They would be singing just behind my back. I was beginning to believe that there would be no respite from the chasm of hair shame. That is, until the 1990s. <laughs> LL Cool J told me he wanted a girl with extensions in her hair, and I thought, finally! <laughs> and realized that I could add hair to my head, and that's what I did. See, I had never heard of weave until ninth grade when I realized that black girls all over the land were sprouting shoulder-length locks. No one would have to know the shame lurking beneath the piles of possibly human hair on the top of your head. And I, I knew that I had found my panacea, but quickly... My hair heaven turned into a hair hell as I spun in a decade-long cyclone that always lived out the same pattern every year. Get a relaxer, usually leaving painful chemical burns in my scalp. Use glue, add weave, watch my own hair break off like splintered wood as a result of the glue. Get a relaxer and start the process all over again. Until 2001 when I discovered the holy grail of hair solutions, I discovered wigs! <laughs> no, well, actually, it's more like wigs discovered me. See, you could put them on. Up until then, I thought of wigs as like some sort of terrible 1970s relic, something my grandmother would wear, but no, not these wigs. These wigs were beautiful, and these were my ticket to being beautiful. They allowed me to forget about the chemical burns in my mama's sweaty knees. They let me forget that I wasn't beautiful. That is, until I took them off. And then like Cinderella at the end of the ball, I was nine years old and on a bus headed to Woolslayer Elementary. And I promised myself I would never go back there. So I took him off less and less. To walk my dog, I grabbed the wig. To go to the grocery store, I grabbed a wig. I had lovers that knew me for years and never saw me without my wig. And even when I became a performance poet and started telling people how to unapologetically love their bodies, I did it all in my wig. Until one day, let's call it today, I woke up and realized I'd been living in a tiny prison of synthetic hair. <laughs> that the wigs had made me a liar. I was really just a little girl 
pretending to be a woman who actually loved herself. But some deep knowing in the center of my belly kept asking me, what would it be like if I let myself out of that prison? What would it look like if I told the truth to myself, to my world? I think it would look like this. that school bus and grab nine-year-old Sonia by the hand, walk her off of that bus and into womanhood with me, whispering, you have always been beautiful. 